Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info. Hey, you just got Daryl rolling his solo. And man, I tell you, I had an awful feeling over the weekend. Uh, after having a great week, wow. Hung out down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida for a week on some business. And man, life was really good. Hung out with some good friends. Went golfing a couple days. Had some really good food from some good restaurants down in South Florida. Went down to Miami to see some friends and relatives for a couple of days while I was down there. Had a good time overall. Met some really nice people. Um, man, it's just a lot of fun. And then come along Saturday night and um, the University of Miami. Um, they didn't play as bad as they did the last time they played Clemson when they lost 58-0. to zero. Um, this time, the score was, uh, I think the final score was, um, wow, 38 to three, something in that category. I, I'm not, I'm not so sure exactly what the score was. And I can honestly say, I, I started watching the game. Uh, I was out with my wife, hung out for a little while, um, ended up going back to where we were, Started watching the game. I looked at the first couple series, and um, I went to sleep and didn't wake up again until about two in the morning. Um, I asked her what was the score, and she uh, she told me, and it was just uh, uh, you know, and I I I feel bad that I didn't watch this game, but I kind of I could see it in the early parts of the game that this team just wasn't. Wasn't there, and and what I really mean when I say wasn't there, and I I really think this team just did not have the leadership on it. It took to to really compete at um at this higher level, you know. They just didn't have the leadership, and and um and I think about when I think back when um when my team won that won my only national championship that I played for, and uh, and I played for three national championships. But the one that we won, <clears throat> and all of those teams that went to the national championship game, we had leadership on that team that 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 was second to none. And I just didn't see the kind of senior leadership on this team. And, and maybe it's because you know a lot of times a lot of guys you don't see guys staying for four and five years anymore. A lot of times they're three years and they're gone. But um, but when you have teams that stay together four and five years. Um, you, you really have a lot of camaraderie on that team and you have, um, you have guys that the, the do's and don'ts, they tell you the do's and don'ts and, um, you know, and you, and you listen to these guys, you know, um, when, when I was the year we won a national championship, Albert Bentley was a senior, um, um, Keith Griffin, um, was a senior. Um, the far, um, Speedy Neal was a senior. It was, those were all running backs on that team. 
Um, Ian Sinclair was a junior. Glenn Dennison, a tight end, a superstar on our team. He was a senior. Jay Brophy was a senior. Rodney Bellinger uh, was a senior on that team. So uh, we And Eddie Williams, who calls our show frequently, he was a senior on that team. So we just had a lot of guys on that team, and they were all starters. You know, um, all of those guys were, were starters that I'm talking about. Tony Fitzpatrick, he was a senior and a starter. Um, you know, it, it, so these guys really were the, were the guys that held us all together. You know, when when they said, hey, let's go, we all had to go. You know, they when they say, hey, we got to pick it up, we got to pick it up. You know, and that's the kind of leadership that that's, that's a lot of people don't see. We think about leadership, it comes from a coach. Well, coaches do lead, but we have guys on the field and guys on our team that are real leaders that, that we don't talk about a lot. Uh, Alvin Ward, another one, offensive lineman, offensive guard, starter on that team. Ken Sis, uh, I think Ken might have been a fifth-year senior. Now, Ken was a senior on that team. Danny Brown was a fifth-year senior on that team. Uh, Mike Moore, offensive lineman, junior. He was a starter on that. But, you know, it, 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 these are the guys that I played with that I know that are unsung heroes. You know, you don't hear about them. You might hear about the Bernie Kozars and um, Eliza Highsmiths. You know, Eddie Brown was a great player on that team, went on to have a super career in the NFL. You know, and we might hear about some of those guys, but some of these other guys that were just really just almost a glue that held our team together, you know, and and that we didn't see from this University of Miami team. And another thing that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Dan Levitar wrote a story about Malik Rozier and stating that, the Hurricanes could not win a national championship with him playing at the level he was playing at. And um, and <laughs> um, I guess his his um, lack of um, being able to complete passes has reared his ugly head, especially late in the season. Uh, two interceptions was not good. Uh, 14 to 29 is just not a good completion average. And And... And you just wonder, you know, uh, is he going to get better? Or are we looking at uh, a young man that, that reached his peak? You know, and, and if that's the case, um, um, Nikasi Perry is is ready. I'm sh- I know he's ready. You know, um, because, you know, this young man has sat down and this whole season, season itself, uh, I, I, I can see throughout the year he's put on a little bit of weight. So I think going through um, this spring and going through uh, a second fall practice, uh, if nothing else, we're going to have a serious quarterback competition on our hand if Malik Rozier comes back for his senior year. And I can't see why he would not come back um, for his senior year. Um, I, I don't know, but I can't see why he wouldn't come back. If he's our starter right now, he would want to come back and at least defend his starting position at quarterback. But there will definitely be some um, some quarterback competition, and I and, and and that's the beauty of the University of Miami and University of Miami football team and the program right now. It's competition at every position, every position. Punter is uh, um, uh, our punter. He he has a lot of competition coming in this year. Um, 
I think we have a uh, that, and that is a beauty. And people want to come to the program now. Um, from what I understand, um, some big time recruit will be announcing in the next day or so. Four or five star recruit will be will be announcing in the next day or so that he's coming to the University of Miami, and we need hey. We need competition. We need more athletes to create more competition. So when a, when well, when a practice is more important or is more important than a game, because a, a practice is what gets you in a game. When you have competition and when you have a depth chart of two and three guys that can start on on any team on your team playing one position. That's competition, and that's what makes us all better. If everybody on the, if everybody on the street selling the same loaf of bread for the same price, there is no competition. But will somebody make a little bit better bread and sell it for a little bit better price? Oh, we got competition now. Now, now we got people working. So that's a, that's what I'm talking about. We have to create a better work ethic. So, and what what creates work better than competition and uh i know we have uh probably one of the i know the number one running back in the um state of florida is coming um he's already committed so i'm sure he's going to be there early in the spring and you have to applaud coach rick for that too trying to bring these guys in early as possible um i i think that's i think that's a great idea and, and we've seen that from him um last year and this year so I think that's going to be a, a, a plus for University of Miami. Um, but where will this quarterback competition be in the spring? Uh, will we have the, the freshman, true freshman this year, Nikasi Perry? I don't know if they're going to red. I'm sure they redshirted him because I haven't seen him touch the field at all this year. The redshirt freshman, Nikasi Perry, um, will he be um, – Will he edge out Malik Rozier next year for the starting position? I have a lot of fans and a lot of my friends telling me that there will be competition and he will he'll edge him out. You know, said this day this kid runs a four 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 three, and he has a good arm. Um, we we just didn't see a lot of things that we wanted to see from Malik Rozier early um, this year, late in the season. I mean. Early in the season, we did see some things. He completed passes. He ran the ball effectively. But um, people catch up to that. You know, and they, they make you throw passes. And when they put you in a position where they make you throw passes, you have to complete passes. And I don't think that um, – I don't know if Rozier is going to be able to do that on a, on a consistent basis. So we will have quarterback competition. But, hey um, – uh, our, our running back, I think, um, I, I really think um, Travis Homer, he's dealt with some injuries late in the year, and uh, he's not a very big running back, um, but 14 rushes, 41 uh, yards, and, and I think that kind of caught up to him. T- Travis expected to be the, the backup running back. He ended up beating the starter. Um, DJ Dallas became his backup, uh, six rushes, 44 yards on Saturday. But when you, you know, I guess maybe Travis 
I'm not going to say he wasn't ready to handle that role. He handled that role very well. But I think because of um, the, the stature, he, he's kind of a small guy. He ended up taking a few more hits than he was ready for um, this year. You know, uh, I think next year, and like I said a few times on our show, um, uh, this team is at least two years ahead of schedule. You know, they could be, in some cases, they could have been three years ahead of schedule, but at least two years ahead of schedule. So now, since we are ahead of schedule, the expectations are great. It's it's been that way for a while now, and now they are great. So I think we have to um, be ready for this. Get ready, get ready, get ready, because Canes, you're there now. You know, this team is there. And, hey, let me stop talking about these hurricanes so much. But we can talk about the bold picture just a little bit. And the Miami Hurricanes will be playing Wisconsin in the Orange Bowl on um, December 29th. And I'm I'm, I'm very happy to see the hurricanes in the bowl picture because – um, last year, I went to see him play the uh, the campfire bowl or some bowl in in, in um in Orlando, and and I was thrilled to see them win a uh, a bowl game. I think within the last five years they hadn't won a bowl game, so I was thrilled to see to see that. So um, I'm definitely thrilled to see Miami play on December 30th against Wisconsin. In the Capital One Orange Bowl, wow! I'm 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 excited. I think we have a, a real good chance. Uh, I saw Wisconsin beat us in Orlando. Um, uh, that might have been five or six years ago. Ja'Cory Harris was our quarterback. Randy was the coach. Randy Shannon was the coach. Uh, Wisconsin put it on us too, and they drilled us and just didn't stop. So. I tell you this, no matter what you think, Wisconsin will have a big time fan base coming to South Florida um, for this game. Um, it's 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 going to be a fight. Wisconsin ranked ahead of us; they ranked number six. We're ranked number ten, so it's going to be a really good game. Uh, and Wisconsin's favorite to win. I think this is going to be a, a really really big game. On uh, January one, Michigan plays South Carolina. In the Outback Bowl, um, and the Peach Bowl is Auburn playing um, UCF. UCF is undefeated, and Coach Scott Frost. This will be his last game uh, at UCF. Coach Scott Frost is going on to his alma mater, um, coaching at. Um, he's going on to his alma mater to coach at Nebraska. Uh, we got Vince on the line. Vince, what's going on? Down here in South Florida. You heard me? You said it was a terrible week? Yeah, it was a terrible week down here in South Florida. The tornado came, not the hurricane went up to North Carolina. The tornado went up there. The Dolphins won, didn't they, Vince? There's some people uh, in South Florida got to be happy about. Oh, yeah, we got a little happy in this case. The Dolphins got to have to make up the F up. Well, anyway, I just called to say hi to you, and God bless you and everything, and, and wish the Kings luck in the Earth Bowl. At least we'll get a chance to play at home again. And then you will see the whole different surround. 
this a little earlier um this team just don't really appear to have a lot of senior leadership on this team you know and it take a minute for these for these guys to 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 grow up and i think we got some babies on this team and it's gonna take them a couple of minutes for them to grow up but um they're gonna be all right and we said it before that um this team is ahead of schedule you know i think they are ahead of schedule yeah so and and what what comes with uh with winning is expectations so they've already shown us that they can win, you know. But yeah. now it's it's expected that they win next year. You know what I mean? This has to be a carryover, you know. And, and a lot of people, you know, we've heard this okay. before about Mark Rick. He can't win the big one. I wouldn't call Pittsburgh a big game, but in a sense, it was a big game. Now Clemson, that was a big game too. That was that was a huge game. This you team maybe it. just wasn't ready for it. You know, I was talking to one of my friends last night. He went to the University of Pittsburgh. And I talked to him last night. And I asked him, I said, man, what y'all did to him? He said, you know what, Mr. Fitt? He said, uh, every time we play a team, a number two team, a number one team, in the last part of the season, we always beat them. He said, this has been there since he was playing. And they had beat um, Alabama. And he said, um... And it, it kind of made sense to me. They ain't had nothing to play for, but when they get out there and play against that pride, they had their pride up in the state, and, and that will happen. You know what I mean? And then, like us, one thing about it, you just said the key. We are here our time, because I would look for mine to be as good as they were this year. I sure wasn't expecting that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I really wasn't. But next year... We can, we got something to hope for and to live for, and I think if the quarterback um, getting into a battle with that boy from Ocala, then they're gonna be something for real. I I, I hate him. I hate you, uh, Vince. And but Vince, yeah, I tell you this though. Check, check this out. When you let a four and seventeen beat you, you're not a championship team. And, and I, I hate to say that, but when you let a team that's four and seven come out and, and beat you, you you're not a real championship team. I, I'm not gonna say you're 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 a bad team, but you got to know that when you invented the word swag and swagger, you're gonna get everybody's very 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 best every week. So you got to expect that coming into any stadium, whether it's your home stadium or whether you're on the road. Hey, Vince. We got to get out of here because we got to take a quick commercial break. But, hey, man, don't be no stranger. We're here every week on the Sports Info You on Radio Show on VoiceAmerica.com. We'll holler at you next week, Vince. Peace. We'll be back after these messages. Your internet flagship station for sports... sports get ready for the get down with hurley brown want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches 
We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're talking Western Ambush this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, taking a closer look at all the amazing big game hunting opportunities found in the Western states. Joining us is Jason Matzinger, host of Into High Country, Jill Gector from Cinch Jeans, Dean Capuano of Sawarski Optic Quest, and Freddie Hartice of Hollywood Hunter. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, you got Daryl holding it down. And tonight, tonight we have... Um, Tim Sims on our show, former teammate at the University of Miami, and a young man at his time when he was a young man. But um, at one point, Michael Irvin was in an interview not long ago, and Michael Irvin said Tim Sims was the best defensive back he ever played against. And a lot of times we hear stories about guys that, um, you know, some of the guys that you play with, and I, I, I can confess, I will attest to that. Tim Sims probably one of the best defensive back I ever seen, and while I played at University of Miami, uh, and I and I'm not I played with some greats. Welcome to our show, Tim Sims. What's going on, buddy? Hey, Dale, how you doing, bud? What's going on? Man, I'm loving this life I got, man. Loving this life. Hey, what you going to do with this, man? You know, I see Mike then came out in an interview. I think it was in April. He came out and said you was the best defensive back he ever played against at the University of Miami. Are you going to take this and parlay it to something big, or are you going gonna, gonna, gonna to make a move about this? What's up? Well, um, it's something to think about, but I will entertain. I will entertain the opportunity if it comes, but, you know, that neither here nor there. But, I mean, the truth is the truth. I appreciate Mike for being so nice um, to be able to say something like that about me. And, you know, that that's 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 a mouthful because, you know, Michael Irvin played with some Hall of Famers on that team that he played at, played with at University of Miami. You know, just um, one to think about is, is Russell Maryland. He was a Hall of Famer from that team. And uh, you never know at some point, Vinny Verde might be in the Hall of Fame. But, uh, and Michael Irvin is in the Hall of Fame. But Tim, um, you know, 
a lot of people are going to have to, you know, going to want to know what's going on with you. What happened? Well, I just was a small town boy out of Belgrade. Just came into that environment. It was relatively new for players um, from my hometown to go into environments like that D1 school. And I think I was a little overwhelmed with the um, the situation, and I wasn't quite, I guess, mature enough to handle the matter or whatever. But you know, on the football field, that uh, it was a safe haven for me. But you know, it ain't just about football when you get into, when you, um, you know, you get into college program. You know, it's more about, you know, life skills, life skills and things of that nature that, you know, you have to um, kind of be aware of and, and work on as well. So I think I had a little maturing to do, and it just was the, you know, it just was the timing of everything because had we had the opportunity to transfer and do other things and things could have been different. But in my mind, I think that God had a different path for me. And so I appreciate, you know, the opportunity to be in there, what have you. But I don't have no complaints being that I played with some of the greats and I had a chance to, you know, really shine during that time because it was fulfilling knowing that it was like I played in the NFL, you know, with those guys and everything. So... I really didn't feel so bad after all because, you know, it was just one of those things that happened. But I tell you this, there's a lot of guys that, um, there's a lot of stories out there that's tantamount to mine. Where guys have got into these colleges and things happened one way or another and it kind of minimized their careers or what have you. But I, I, you know, I'm on a crusade, so to speak, to, to make sure this don't happen to to try to save as many as I can, you know, about this thing. So for what I was like, and so I spent my whole life in trying to instill into young people that no matter how talented you are or whatever, that, that's just not enough, you know. And so you got to be trying to be better, better men, better people, and, 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 and think positive because I think some of the time when I wasn't playing, I was upset and I was angry and it caused me to lash out and do some other things. You know, my mother had a dissolution, so I wasn't able to call home. So I was basically in school by myself with no family and no one to call. It was just a difficult thing to try to um, to, um, to to handle myself. And I think it just hey, caught up with me. Tim, let me, let me read one of Mike's quotes on you. Michael Irvin quoted. <clears throat> he never really played in the NFL, Irvin said. But I would venture to say Tim Sims was no doubt the most gifted football player at the University of Miami. Now, I, I, I could venture to say that's true, too. Now, Tim, I'm, 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 I'm going to stop this right here because I really want this to be a highlighted story on our show. I mean, I, because this is a big deal. You know, Michael Irvin is one of the most beloved football players that ever come through the University of Miami. I could, I've seen Vinny Testaverde, Steve Walsh, um, Andre Johnson, and a bunch of other athletes in the same room. And who, do, who does the crowd go to automatically? It's Michael Irvin. They gravitate to this guy like nobody I've ever seen. And he has a, a mob of people around him. Anytime he's at the University of Miami, whether it's at a game or spring practice or whatever it is, it's Tim. We got to get you on the show, and we're gonna talk about this because this is a, this is you know this is a big story, man. People want to know 
What's going on with Tim Sims? What happened to Tim? Um, you know, you played with some greats. Benny, Benny Blades, Brian Blades, Jerome Brown, Vinny Testaverde, Melvin Bratton, the list, Alonzo Highsmith, Russell Marlin, Randall Hill, man, Cleveland Gary. The names go on and on and on. And, you know, and, 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 and these are some, some serious words coming from one of the most beloved University of Miami Hurricane football players ever. You was, was the most gifted player at the University of Miami. So we got to come back and talk about this on another date. But, Tim, what do you think about this University of Miami team that's lost two games in a row, lost to a 4-7 Pittsburgh team, get embarrassed again for the second time in a row to a Clemson team, 38-3. The word is out. Mark Rick can't win the big game. That's what he came to. That kind of luck is holding on. How you feel about this, Tim? Well, um, I'm disappointed. You know, because I thought the team was ready, you know. And following the team or whatever, they they, they had played a couple of big games um, leading up to the game against Pittsburgh. And I didn't agree with the last caller that, oh, somehow because Pittsburgh beat um, um, the two, uh, beat number two teams uh, a couple of times in the, in the, um, in the, in the I guess in the, over the years that because um, there's some type of hoax or hex or whatever going on, I just don't believe in all that. I think that when you line up on the field, the better team should win. And I just think that um, that was an um, a inexcusable loss. And losing that game, I think it kind of lingered over to the Clemson game because I think it might have um, shattered their confidence, so to, so to speak. And I think that moment was too big for them. But I think that, you know, if they would have won that game, I think it could have, you know, Gave them hope to win the next game, and I think after they got up on them they, in Clemson game, they just lost. Um, uh, I think the the lead became insurmountable, and they had to get out of their game because I think they going went into the game um, with the mindset they was going to run the ball, and um, and I think that was the right approach to it. But by them going up so fast on us, and um, uh, it just overwhelmed us, and we played catch up, you know, from the very beginning, and that was hard. I think that they been that Clemson had been there before. Um, they was ready, you know. I think they was ready for the moment, and um, and they was better coach. I would say in this particular game, they was better prepared. Let's say that, and um, and so, but I don't think the score was um, an indication on the spirit, you know, in the team because I think the team is is pretty much evenly matched or what have you. But I think the quarterback played. Their quarterback played very well, and our quarterback had some issues. And I also think losing our our best receiver didn't help us at all. I, I agree ahead, totally, sir. and and I I think you're right when you start talking about the experience. I think I think the experience of the moment. Clemson had been there; they've won a national championship. This team played for they were in in the playoffs two years in a row. I think the moment wasn't so big for them. For us right. and this team, this is a team that that, laid, that played last year in the in the in the Outback Campfire Bowl game in Orlando, and I'm, I know I'm not saying the bowl game right, but that's the bowl game they were in last year against against West Virginia. Now they're playing on 
primetime TV every Saturday, and every game is a is a big big deal. So I, I feel you, Tim, and I, I I really agree with you. I don't think this team is ready for the moment. Yep. Hey, Tim, we got some other callers trying to get in here, man. But um, I promise you, we will have you know, very soon on the Voice America Radio, Sports Info UM Radio, Sports Info UM Show on the Voice America Radio. No doubt. Okay, Daryl. Okay, Daryl. Thanks for having me, man. You take care, hey. bud, all right? Much love, brother. Peace. Hey, Matt, we got Red on the line? Yes, sir. I'm here. Red, what's going on? Same old say. Hey, you got to take a minute, man. I want you to take a minute and read that article because I know a lot of people going to think that that's a bunch of hogwash. But read that article, Michael Irvin and um, Michael Irvin, Michael Irvin and Tim Sims. That's all you got to put in. Way back, way back. Who's that? Uh, he a Hurricane OG, man. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. And Michael Irvin said Tim Sims was the most gifted athlete he ever played against at the University of Miami. Wow. So. I'm saying that is saying something, isn't it? That is boys and all of that right there. That's saying a lot, man. That's saying a lot, man. That's saying a lot. And you know, and and Tim has a story to tell, and uh, I hope that uh, I'm I'm gonna if I if if I could do anything to lead him in the right direction to put his story out there and tell it, I'm gonna help him. And because that's Mm -hmm. a serious story, you know, when when someone like Michael Irvin speaks, people listen, man, and uh, Mm -hmm. people really want to hear what's going on. Yeah, with that like story, I, said, I know, man, I, know I want to hear. OG man, he, 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 I mean, that's a story to be heard right there. You know, yeah. so yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. checking for it. Tim is from Belle Glaze, Florida, and uh, Belle Glaze University, of Miami. That's that's a story in itself. You know, so uh, he's. I, I can't wait to hear. It. Yeah. Hey, what's going on with you, man? What's happening with them Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the NFL? Oh, no, We're in turmoil right now, man. We're in turmoil. I think Big Ben just threw him an interception. Pac-Man Jones. Hey, but, Pac-Man. Uh, yeah, man, my Buccaneers in turmoil right now, man. I mean, we uh, uh it's, I mean, there's a lot of things you can point your finger at, man. I mean, it really is, man. We need some help on the offensive line. Offensive line depleted. Everybody hurt up there. You know, um, like I said, I ain't here to make no excuses for him, man, because, I mean, that game yesterday, they should have won. Come on, man! Look at perfect. Look at You got a backup. Oh, you got a backup man. quarterback putting it on you like that, though, man. Come on! Yeah, exactly. You got a kid. Exactly. You got a kid that, that he, he ain't for... the first one. He ain't the first one. Case Keenum put it on us earlier. I mean, although he put it on some more people after that, you know what I mean? But hey, man, he's a second string, third string quarterback. I don't understand how anybody could beat anybody. And throw for seventy-seven yards pass. I just I, this doesn't happen. Me I mean, if you just look at that stat sheet, you you say yeah. Tell me what. Come on. Yeah, no. no. I mean, this, this is this is unbelievable. Every statistical I mean, category we beat them in, including time of possession, man. I mean, should have won that game yesterday. Should have won that game yesterday. You can't be throwing, trying to throw passes. With linemen hanging around your waist, man. I mean, that's just, I admire his want to get it, but he got to know when to just take the sack, man, and just eat the ball and take the sack, man, and play the next down instead of turning the ball over. You know what I mean? It's having a bearing on the coach. People calling for the coach head and all of that stuff right there, man. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I honestly don't, I honestly don't think that's the answer. I didn't think that was the answer when they fired Lovey Smith either. You know what I mean? But, hey, we will set the franchise back a, a, a little while. I mean, keep when they fired Lovey Smith, they kept Dirk Cutter. That gave them some continuity. You know what I mean? And they needed that. I mean, had they not had that, you wouldn't have seen what you've seen already from them this year. You know what I mean? You wouldn't even seen that. But, I mean, that's just my opinion. But, I mean, you, I don't think hiring a new coach, man, is the, is the answer right now, man. I mean, you know, you I'll say this, him, man. If you don't fire him, I'm going to ask you already. You don't fire him, who you going to bring in there? I'm going to say this, though, man. I don't know who they're going to bring in there, but I'll say this. When you have um, Mike, Mike Evans, well, where was he on the list of greatest players in the NFL over, over, in the preseason? Like, like 60 or something like that. Yeah, he was on the list. He, he, was, in the top, he was in the top receiver, no, top no, 100 he was players. Like, was he? Was he uh, I don't know. I forget what number it was. Yeah, he was, he, he was pretty. He was pretty. It was like pretty, 40 or something like that. 30 yeah, or like yeah. That. And, and my, point, my point is, you almost have to cheat to get this cat the ball, man. And when I mean cheat, I mean you got to play. You got to throw rubs. You got to almost do, do, do almost illegal things to get this cat the ball, man. His hands are that good. You got to do um, bootlegs. I don't care how you get the ball to this cat. You got to find ways to get the ball to him. When he has two receptions, that's just unacceptable. It's unacceptable when your number one receiver has two receptions, man. That's just yeah. that's that's just it doesn't work. I agree. You know, and and and, and guess how I mean? him and Deshaun Jackson got the same amount of receptions, two. That's, that's, that, and that's so a, my point is, man, that's just a need right there. You know what I mean? That's you you have to. Right there. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And you really have to do things and be a little more creative. I think some teams now, I think there's some teams in the NFL that have almost gotten a little too cute for themselves. But some teams, they have to be cute because they have to cover up other stuff. You look at the Seattle Seahawks. They have to be cute, man, just to get, just to get, get, um, um, I can't, what's the kid number number 89? They're receiving the ball. That's their best receiver. Ball. They have to be cute and do all kind of all kind of facades and camouflage and do all of this. And then they finally throw the ball to him all the way across field. Yeah. This Temp- is backyard <laughs> football, man. It really is backyard football. I'm saying that, man. That, you know, that, that's a one thing. they do ain't designed. You know what I'm saying? Kansas City Chiefs, they've gotten a little too cute to the point where they almost made their office too they crazy. They have to be cute to get that little and, short and and you, the ball. But in you some know, cases, you you're right. In some cases, you're right. You have to be cute. You really do. I'll tell you one team that's kind of cute. The Miami yeah, Dolphins do a lot of cute right things there. to get I mean, Jarvis Landry the ball, man. Yeah, jet sweeping and all that stuff. That's some college stuff. I mean, they, they, they have to run stuff like that to get the ball in his hands. I mean, and, and it works a lot of times. That, that uh, I mean, uh, what do you call it? What was, I mean, about, I don't know. It's probably been longer than that, about 10 years ago. The whole craze. Everybody ran it. The, the, uh, the screen option, the screen um, to the outside the, the, screen. The, 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 uh, the running back be the quarterback. Uh, oh, 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 yeah. Wildcat. Right now. Uh, the wildcat. wildcat. Yeah, that, that, that. Same design, but I mean, yeah, same, same thing. But, but, same but thing. check this out, though. Like it's I was saying, you can the Miami that. Dolphins. I like to see them use it every now and then. I like to see them use it every now and then. I don't see nothing wrong with that. The yeah, Miami Dolphins do a lot of little things. 
to get Jarvis Landry to football. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, that, that they because you have to do a lot of little crazy things over here to throw it to a person over here that's got one-on-one. And yeah. I don't see that happening a lot with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just don't see it. And, and, and they better catch up because it ain't just that eye formation, drop back, throw the ball. You have to have this spread, five receivers, no receivers. Um, and Tampa Bay has to have a lot of – they're one team – that only use motion in one way. Yeah. Sometimes you look up, New England Patriots have two or three guys moving at the same time. And then yeah. they all get set, and then one come all the way back on the other side of the field. Yeah, that's to, that's to get the defense to reveal what they're running. You know what I mean? And and once you do that, you're at mercy then. You know what I mean? So That's what I'm saying, man. And I, I just really think that Tampa Bay has to step up they gotta, they gotta do a, they gotta do a better job. I really think they have to do a better job at, at creating more than just what they, what they showed us this year. They have to do more. They really do. I, I, I tell you this right now. If the, if the Miami Dolphins had their starting quarterback the entire season, because of the offense that they run, I think we would have saw a much, much better team on the field this year. With a quarterback that at one sh- point was a wide receiver in college. And they probably wouldn't have shook uh, Jay Ajayi either. They probably wouldn't have never got rid of Jay Ajayi. You're right. There's okay. no way they would have got rid of him. But I really think that um, that the Miami Dolphins, like I say, um, with their quarterback, they would have had a much better team because they run a form of what we see oh, in college goodness, and man. a version of the pro-style pro offense. And... and I, I could have easily told you that the Dolphins quarterback wasn't going to last too long because they was trying to run him like Miami Hurricanes run Malik Rozier. Please, you can't Ooh, do that in the NFL. Just not going to happen, man. Forget about it. Who, Gay Cutler? I mean, Jay Cutler? No, 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 no. <laughs> what was no, his name? No, uh, no, Matt jo- Matt Moore. Matt Moore. No, no. That's the quarterback. That's who the quarterback was, Matt Moore. No, man. Um, that first quarterback. No, um, Matt Moore did all that damage last year, man. No, man. Come on, the kid that played at Texas A and M, Ryan Ryan Tannehill. Come on. Oh, Tannehill. With Ryan Tannehill this year, I think the Dolphins may have had a chance to make it to the playoffs. Where now, is he anyhow? Hurt. He got hurt. That's why they brought in Jay Cutler, the sorriest quarterback, and paid him two million dollars a year. Well, this I mean, thing. damn, that was last year, bro. Oh, he got hurt at the beginning of this year. No, Jay Cutler's only been with this okay. team. Jay Cutler okay. had retired. Yeah. He was a commentator. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. had a commentator yeah. to come back and quarterback to make two million dollars a year in quarterback. Come on, guaranteed. No, 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 no. That was ten. Ten. Oh, hey, excuse me, ten million. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, all right, you're right. Why would he come back for two million? Yeah, ten, ten, ten for a year. Come on, that that that's just that that's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's you're right, you're right. Here, here it is, right. The Dolphins quarterback, uh, Matt Dollars uh, versus production. I mean, that is that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty. Uh, I don't know. That's pretty steep. 
ten million dollars for this year, man. That's ridiculous. Hey, man, we gotta let you get out of here, man. We gotta take a commercial break, and then we're gonna come back and talk a little bit about these bowl games, little NFL, a little more college football. Might even hit a bit, a little bit about this NBA. We we'll holler at you next time. Don't. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Hey, man, thanks for having me, man. Always, my brother. Much love. Peace. And we'll be back after these messages with more Sports Info UM. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, man, there's a whole lot going on in the world of sports, like always. But... Sports makes the world go round and round. But football season make the world delicious, baby. I'm telling you, man. Well, we love some football in America. I'm telling you. Now, you know, some people say baseball is America's sport. Some people even say that um, basketball is is a pastime. But some people really, 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 really love that NASCAR and racing. And we got Roland on the line. Roland, what's going on? Hello, Daryl. Nothing is more America than moonshine. Uh, <laughs> and of course, that's where some of the roots of NASCAR came from. I am directly in front of the. I'm directly in front of Daytona International Speedway, where they have over a mile, a mile, Daryl, of lights of all colors, varieties, twinkles, special effects. And uh, it's located under the grandstands in Daytona International Speedway. And you can take a carload of people and spend a long, slow ride all the way down and see all these lights. It's something spectacular. And it goes to show that the uh, $400 million expansion of Daytona International Speedway applies to other days than just racing. There's been a lot of 
testing going on, both from sports cars, 24-hour challenge, to uh, some NASCAR teams privately uh, renting the facility, which is the only time they've got to do it because there's a restriction on the number of practices that they get to have. But uh, I'm going to make a prediction early before the first of the year. Chevrolet will be making a comeback into the uh, front line of motorsports as far as NASCAR is concerned, Daryl. Well, I'm going to ask you the same question I ask every year. Uh, are we going to see any new cars and new car owners not or new car companies in the racing in NASCAR this year? Will Honda Nas- break the ice in NASCAR? Ferrari? Uh, manufacturers, not yet. And I will tell you when we will know. It's when the testing begins. It's when some of those closed-circuit uh, testing things begin to happen. You may see Honda. Uh, decide that they're going to race on the road circuit first as opposed to some of the other high-speed racetracks. Uh, It's going to be um, usually through practice that we'll learn how some of those uh, uh, manufacturers are going to come into the sport. There's a rumor that that H model that you just mentioned may well be the next entry into motorsports because, of course, they are involved in other forms of motorsports from road racing to Indy. So uh, they're keeping a close watch on the T brand, the Toyotas, and seeing how they're selling. And, of course, they uh, were tops in the Manufacturer Point Series last year. So they're really taking a close look at that. Wow. You know, um, I bought my – the first car I ever had bought for myself, by myself, was a 1986 Honda Accord, 5-speed. And I bought that car because it was it had the same engine. I read in a European magazine while I was living in Europe that it had a, at a car magazine while I was living in Europe that this car had the same engine that the Formula One in car had. The only difference was was that they put a different kind of gasoline in that engine than the one I had in my car. And I truly what? fell in love with Honda since then and probably have had one in my car in my possession um ever since then so i, I love oh. honda i think they and they are truly one of the um racing legends in europe and around the world so um honda it doesn't honda surprise me that they'd be to, the next ones in nascar honda was early to develop a really bulletproof valve train which uh really met with high rpms and and worked very well that way and during the time that um, see that back when fuel injection, the fuel injection first came out, Honda kind of prevailed in that, and that's what these cars are now. They're not nas- na- uh, naturally aspirated, carbureted cars, and they're a lot better now. So listen, I can't I can't talk to my buddy Daryl without talking about U of M, man, the big M. Wow. <laughs> I you know, Roland, my pick for NASCAR next year, I'm, I got Danny Hamlin. I'm taking him. Uh, oh, uh, he okay. was number six no, in the standing this year. And next year, I got Danny Hamlin. Mark him down for me as my champion ah, for next year. I will do that. I yeah, think you know, I'm trying to throw you off a little bit about that conversation about the Hurricanes. I, I understand, uh, Roland. It really hurts my feelings really, really bad when the Canes lose, especially when they lose in an ugly fashion like they did on um, on Saturday, 38-3 to to Clemson. Yeah, but there is a sighting on I-4. They found the other players on the bus that did not show up at the game. So 
Good news, they have found the other half of the ball team, and uh, they promised to show up at the bowl game. So I think that that's good news. I think that is good news. And, you know, I got a, um, I, I, I got an email over the weekend, and it was a picture of Jimbo Fisher. You know, he left to go to Texas A&M, uh, took yeah. a job over there for I don't know how many millions of dollars and left it left those young men in a cloud of dust. Seventy-five million dollars. But the the, the, uh, the email said, "What can I do? Miami is back." You know, he had to leave because Miami is back, Roland. Uh, you know, and what he really means, he's th- he thinking that he's getting ready to hey, take I a loss in the Hurricanes about four years in a row, and he didn't want to do that. Yeah, but think of what he's stepping into. He kept telling FSU that he wanted his football house. He wanted a total football uh, building for his team. And they were planning on it, but they didn't do it yet. But Texas A&M did do it. But, and I cannot believe that his motivation was is trying to rebuild a program again because take a look at what's happening. He's got to play Texas, and he's got to play all of the West SEC teams. That's not going to be an easy thing. I don't, I don't know. He's had some experience in the SEC through LSU, but my goodness, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Do you think Willie Taggart of uh, Oregon is the favorite to take over the FSU program? He's not going to leave his job at Oregon because he has a very, very good job at Oregon. You know, he has the backing of one of the most. I agree with you, yes. You know, <laughs> Nike. You yeah, come on, man. He he has a Nike swoosh behind him. He has no reason to leave, and and I think he really enjoys Oregon. I think that's one of his dream jobs. I don't think he's going to just turn his back on um on Oregon like that. Uh, I think two he's going to give them the about year. five years, and it'll be some Darryl, big jobs out there for him year. in five years or four years from now after yeah. he's been at Oregon for five years. I agree with you. And he's yeah. just about ready. He's got the class underneath him to really uh, that shows promise for next year. But to me, the story of the year was our own local Central Florida UCF Knights. What a year! Two thrilling games to end the undefeated season. The only undefeated team in uh, in FBS right now, and he, they played the second highest scoring team and uh, barely beat them in overtime. I'm still not sure who won because. Uh, it seemed like each team was trying to give it away, but at the same time, what a storybook uh, story with with um, Scott Frost leaving to go back to his alma mater. He's going back for seven years at $35 million, $5 million a year, so he doubled his salary, and he's going back to his glory home, glory days of being a quarterback 20 years ago, so that's pretty special. To me, best story of the year in college football. I would agree with you. I think that's one of the best stories of the year in college football. And, um, and hey, I'm, I'm happy for Scott Frost. I think he's a great guy. Um, I'll tell you a story I heard about Scott Frost. His mother was one of the coaches on his high school team. Really? Yeah. So he has cl- he oh, has yes, coaching he in his bloodline for real, for real. And um, so you yeah. got to love a guy like that. And he's from Nebraska. He's going back home. Um, I'm, I'm really I'm really happy for him. I think he's going to be. I think I don't think we've seen the last of Scott Frost. I'll say that. Me neither. He might be in Nebraska no, for I, five years, 
But where he, where is his final destination? The Washington Redskins, the Cleveland Browns, Jacksonville Jaguars, Minnesota Vikings. He's a young man that has a yep. bright, bright future ahead of him. So this is just the beginning for Scott Frost. He's going to do he's some big. Young, I think he's going to do some big things. Years of age. Hey, listen, I'm going I'm to ask you a favor. We've known each other for quite a while talking sports and anything else, and I'm going to ask you a big, big favor. If the University of Central Florida Knights are able to pull off what I would consider an upset win over a SEC powerhouse, Auburn, in the Peach Bowl, I want to implore you to say that the UCF Knights, with a 13-0 record undefeated for the season, should be a top five finishing team in the FBS. Will you go with me? I'm right with you on that, Roland. No doubt. I think they deserve it. I think um, I think they should be um, one of the top teams in, the, in, in college football. Hey, Roland, they'll definitely be in the top five if they win this game. Coming into the season next year, they'll be definitely in the top ten, maybe even as close as a top five. But it's according to who that coach, who, who, who they bring in as, as a coach. If they bring in somebody with no name, it's going to help them in the in the big picture of college football. And as sadly as it sounds, it's going to hurt them in the national picture, in the national ranking, in preseason college. I football. absolutely agree with you, Roland. I got to run, man. We're we out of time. I'm so I sorry. Know. Thank but you, Daryl. Thank you so much. Every, I look forward every to Monday. Hey. Thanks a lot, and much love, Roland. You and your family doing this holiday season. Merry Christmas, brother. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.